Good morning. Welcome back to Morning Coffee with Christ. Today is January the 29th of 2022. Today is a continuance from our broadcast as of yesterday, which the testimony and truth topic is uh, brought to you by sisters Patricia Carter and Nicole Carter APRN. The importance of vacation. That, I'm sorry, the importance of vaccination among women and the medical disparity among minorities. This morning, we have a lot of prayer, praise, and information. So we'll be right back after these messages. Amen. Welcome back to Morning Coffee with Christ. With me, I have Sister Patricia Carter. Amen. And Sister Nicole Carter. Amen. And brothers, Brian Douglas. Amen. And Patrick Douglas. Amen. 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 Brother Brylin, would you uh, lead us in prayer this morning? Amen. And Brother Patrick Douglas? Father, please have us a great year. And thank you. Amen. 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 Sister Patricia, would you uh, bless us with prayer? Heavenly Father, I thank you for another day that you allowed us to rise up, rise up with use of our body and in our right mind that we're able to bless and praise your holy name. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to be on this prayer line with my family and all who can hear the sound of my voice because, Lord, it's a blessing because you know Lord, let us remember also not to trust in you always and not to lead toward our own understanding, but your understanding, Lord, and allow you to lead us, lead us in your will, dear Lord, because you are the perfect God. You are the creator of all, the Alpha and Omega, dear Lord. You know all things, Lord. You created all things. Lord, we have to just keep on trusting in you, believing in you, because we know you're there. You know they're there. You never leave us nor forsake us, Lord. Lord, we know as we walk with you, you, you'll help us through each and every moment of our life, through the storms, through the valleys, through the good times, through the bad times, dear Lord. You will always be with us. And Lord, as long as we walk with you, we know that we walk within your will, your will, not ours, dear Lord. And as we live within your will, Lord, we know, we know that when this journey is over on this earth, we will have eternal joy, peace, and happiness with you at the table of life with all, all in glory with you, dear Lord, because you you are a loving God, a true God, the only God there is. 
Lord, we love you. We praise you. We give you all the honor and glory forevermore. Because in your will, we want to live, dear Lord. We love you. We praise you. Hallelujah. Bless your name forevermore. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Sister Nicole. Heavenly Father. Jehovah Jireh. I thank you, dear God, for just blessing us this morning with having us wake up with our minds stayed on you. Lord, when we get caught up in all the trials and tribulations of this world and try and do everything that we're supposed to do on our own, all we do is falter. All we do is sink, like Peter did when he took his eyes off of Jesus walking mm. on water. So, Lord, I just ask you to continue to let us stay closer to you, keep our mind free of Satan's attacks, because that's all he tries to do is divide, devour, and destroy. But, dear God, you said that all we have to do is hold on to your unchanging hand, and that suffering may endure but a night with joy joy cometh in the morning. Lord, I'm so glad that I have peace of mind this morning. I have prayer warriors that were helping me through issues at work, issues with getting my home rebuilt, issues with my health. And that's what we're here for, dear God, to help one another. Lord, I just ask you to continue to bless my beautiful mother, the matriarch of our family, Sister Patricia Carter. Anoint her from the top of her head down to the bottom of her feet. Continue to touch and bless my beautiful niece, Sister Alessa Douglas. Anoint her from the top of her head down to the bottom of her feet. Yes. Continue to bless my eldest nephew, Brother Patrick Douglas. Anoint him from the top of his head down to the bottom of his feet. Very handsome young man. And also continue to bless my other nephew, my youngest, Brother Bradley Douglas anoint him on top of his head down to the bottom of his feet and also very healthy, uh, handsome young man. Lord, continue to bless my beautiful baby girl, Sister Patrice Larkin. Touch her from the bottom of her head down to the bottom of her feet. Continue to bless her husband, my son, who I consider Jacob Larkin, from the top of his head down to the bottom of his feet, also a handsome young man. And continue to bless our beautiful and our powerful and steadfast leader yeah. of our church behind closed doors, Minister oh, yeah. Michelle Carter Douglas. Dear God, we continue to be led by your holy word because she uses what you give her on high to uplift your kingdom, to edify your kingdom, to bring others drawn to you. Mm. And that's what a good leader is supposed to do. So we thank you, dear God, for her. We ask you to bless this month, dear God, our heritage dinner that we will be representing yes, and celebrating yes, very, very powerful historic figures like Ada Bell and Dr. Uh, Rebecca Crumpler and others, dear God. Yes, because dear, again, yes. if we don't know our past, we're not going to be able to correct and do more in our future. We bless you. We praise your holy name and we give it all the honor and the glory. Glory, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. We will be right back after these messages. Amen.
Welcome back to Morning Coffee with Christ. Amen. We have Sister Arlessa Douglas here. She got in today. And amen. Thank you, Jesus, to see my daughter. Praise God. We're going to have her uh, bless us with prayer. Good morning, everyone. Um, dear God, thank you for waking us all up this morning to give us the strength to get out of bed and get going to where we need to go. Thank you for blessing us with our family and our loved ones. Thank you for keeping us near the cross and just letting us wake up and be on this prayer line. In Jesus' name we pray, hallelujah, amen. Amen, amen. Praise God, praise God, amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you Thank you, thank you, thank you for waking us up this morning, for, Father God, keeping us through many, many days. Heavenly Father, this morning, we just want to uplift every single poor person that's maybe not feeling well, that's going through a personal trial and tribulation. Father God, we just want to uplift people right now that uh, are going through financial distress. We want to lift up our clergymen, our parishioners, our congregations, our uh, doctors, our, our uh, law enforcement, firefighters. Heavenly Father, those that are working in domestic jobs and everywhere else, Heavenly Father, for every single profession is a blessing. Heavenly Father, we all have different ministries. Heavenly Father, medicine is a ministry. Preaching is a ministry. Singing, rapping, podcasting. Father God, they are all ministries. Parenting is also a ministry. Father God, we just want to lift up uh, the relationships between parent and child, child and parent, brothers and sisters, sisters and brothers, brothers and brothers, and sisters and sisters. Father God, all family dynamic. Heavenly Father, the adversary is on a mission to seek and destroy relationships, business-wise. But Heavenly Father, the devil is a liar and the truth will never be in him. Heavenly Father, we just ask you to be the blanket of protection over us, covering us and our children and our children's children, our legacy with the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary. Father God, we just ask that you wake up those, Heavenly Father, that are living in unclean homes. Father God, let them Shout the name Jesus to rebel that unclean demon from their houses, from their minds, from their spirits and souls, oh God. Father God, we want to lift up those with the unclean spirits, Heavenly Father, that want to control and power. Heavenly Father, we just want to lift up all the single people in the world. Father God, like myself. It's hard, Heavenly Father, when you are in the flesh. 
But Father God, we know that those that don't have the, the, the gift of celibacy, oh God, that they will be blessed with their helpmate. So Father God, if that is your will, we step in your will. Until then, Father God, we pray to be kept near the cross, to keep the sanctity of marriage and the commitment of God, Father God, and hold on to your commandments. Father God, keep us. Keep us, oh God. Yes, in the name of Jesus. As I call out the names, Patrick, Arlessa, Brylin, Patricia, Nicole, Walter and his family, Patrice and Jake and Jake's family, Darlene, Danielle, Deanna, Irma, Cortland Sr., Cortland Jr., Valerie, Anissa, Jeremiah and Bucci, Amina. Father God, we lift up Jerry and Lori and all of Lori's family. Juanetta, Melissa, Melissa's fiance, and all of his family. Father God, uh, we lift up uh, Sister Emmeline and her friends and family. Sister Lucy and her friends and family. Sister Florence and her friends and family. Sister Aura and her friends and family. Sister B and her friends and family. Sister Rose and her friends and family. Father God, we lift up Brother Butler and his friend, friends and family. We lift up Brother Mike and his friends, co-workers, and family. Father God, we lift up uh, Daco and his friends and family. Father God, we lift up Diana and Logan and their friends and family. We lift up uh, sister and brother Tracy and Christopher and their friends and family. Father God, and the list goes on. If there's any name that we did not call out, Heavenly Father, you know them by name. Yes, oh God. Sister Lori and her friends and family. Sister and brother uh, Herman and Donna, Father God, and their friends and family. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Yes. Father God, we just ask that you breathe upon us this morning. Yes, oh God. Yes, Jehovah Rapha. Yes, Elohim. Hallelujah. Breathe on us, oh God. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Repelling all diseases, illnesses, pestilences, strands of the COVID, strands of the coronaviruses, strands of the flus. Strands of the Delta variant and the Omicron and all variants. We call these devils out by their name to be cast into the pits of hell by, by the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Oh, hallelujah. Father God, we just ask that you walk with us day and night. Night and day. Father God, as we journey through the day and be blessed to come home and Go to sleep, oh God. We just pray for our protection angels to cover over us in the midnight hours, oh God. Yes, oh God. Heavenly Father, we just ask that you continue to open doors no man can close and close doors no man can open, oh Heavenly Father. Father God, we just ask that you cover 
our jobs, our, our, our businesses, all finances with the blood of Jesus. Oh, God, yes. Heavenly Father, we just ask that you bless this ministry, oh, Heavenly Father. Yes, in the name of Jesus. The heritage dinner that's coming up and our first annual benefit dinner in our clothing and our school supply giveaway this fall. Father God, what we do, we do for you. You get the glory and the praise. You get the glory and the praise. Father God, we just pray for safe traveling mercies on these roadways, highways, byways, those flying in the airways and selling in the waterways. Father God, we pray for revelations and accountability, oh God. Yes, Father God. We just ask you to bring the missing persons home, Father God. Providing closure in all aspects, oh Heavenly Father. Woo, hallelujah. Father God, come this way, Jehovah Jireh. Woo, Jehovah Nisi, Elohim, Yahweh. Woo, yes, oh God, have your way in every aspect of the way, oh God. We bow before you. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Father God, we just Put on this altar, Heavenly Father, that we have clarity. And again, putting the, the evil spirit of offense uh, on here, Heavenly Father. That we love one another as brothers and sisters. And respect each person's God-given individual talent and gift. That there is no competition. There is no time for animosity. No, no, no. Father God, let our strengths be used to those that are weak, oh God. Because we all have strengths. We all have weaknesses. Heavenly Father, we just ask that you place upon us the full armor of God, oh Lord. And shower us with the blood of Jesus. Yes, oh God. Woo, hallelujah. 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 Father God, bless those that want to have a child, Heavenly Father, bless their womb in the name of Jesus. Those that are looking for a, 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 a helpmate, a spouse, Father God, bless them in the name of Jesus. Oh God. Yes, oh God. Father God, we just ask that this morning, as our arms is stretched out wide, Father God, that you give us a great big old hug and never let us go. Father God, we will never let you go. We cling to you, oh God, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Constantly, constantly reestablishing our covenant with you. This we pray in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen. 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 We will be right back after this break with none other than our testimony and truth topic. Today, it is actually brought to you by sisters Patricia Carter and Nicole Carter. Amen. Morning Coffee with Christ.
Welcome back with morning, uh, morning coffee with Christ. Yay! We have our morning topic, uh, our testimony and truth, uh, brought to you by uh, sisters uh, Patricia Carter and Nicole Carter. Amen. Sister uh, Nicole, would you share the uh, topic which you guys are sharing today? Um, that's um, very important about an issue of vaccination of COVID, the coronavirus, um, for women that are of childbearing age and especially women that are pregnant. And Sister Patricia is going to go into the story of two women just recently that were in the news. One of the women uh, that were pregnant decided to get vaccinated and the other pregnant woman decided not to. Um, the other thing what I wanted to tie in with that is um, how infant mortality among black babies are still two to three times higher uh, than infant mortality of Caucasian babies in a first world country like the United States. So what I also wanted to tie into is the racial uh, health disparities between um, people of color um, with the health care that they are receiving. And mm -hmm. are we getting adequate uh, health care? And this is regardless of any variables of social economic background, education, um, location of where they live, all negating all of those variables. If everybody was equal with the equal level of education, with the equal um, income, with the equal amount of where they were living at in their housing uh, conditions, but again people of color still get less um you know extensive treatment and adequate treatment for their conditions especially with prenatal care as opposed to um caucasian amen praise god well thank you for bringing this uh information to us i think this is very uh important and imperative that we are made aware um and it gets, I think, people talking about things that need to be addressed. And again, you know, of course, there are biases. Of, of course, we still deal with um, racism, uh, prejudice, and so forth, because these are ill spirits. And I want to go back to the scripture because sometimes the devil has uh, this illusion that he puts on that prejudice is, is, is a thing of the mind. It doesn't exist. And if you talk about it, um, you are feeding the imaginary and, and you are uh, creating disturbance where there's no disturbance. Um, I know a lot of people before there were a lot of things going on in this world, uh, they were saying racism is of the past. Oh my gosh, slavery has been over. We, you, you just need to get over it and, and, and et cetera. And this just, this type of conversation did not just happen with just, you know, 
someone of another race. It happened with, you know, some people of uh, our own races. And my thing um, with the events that took place, people began to see that this is not over. And the reason why it's not over is because supremacy is that of the enemy. You think when you look back in Genesis, okay, you look back in 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 the different books of the Bible when it talks about um, how Satan was created. Satan, uh, Lucifer, was beautiful. He was uh, created, I believe, with onyx and and other type of uh, jewels and different things. And because of his looks. He thought he was supreme to his other uh, brothers, the other sons of God. And he began even feeling that he was more supreme than our heavenly father. So we have to realize that when you have something like this, this is a spirit. This is something that the adversary goes on to perpetuate in a person's mind because of what they look like. They are more supreme than the other. We are all beautiful and created by God. God doesn't care what texture of hair you have, what complexion of skin you have. He does not. You understand? Um, the devil likes, uh, you know, racism, prejudice. And how does it play in with this topic today? Well, when we look at uh, the conversation, when we're talking about uh, the disparity among minorities when it comes to medicine, we have to again examine the scriptures where it says we wrestle uh, uh, not against the, the, um, uh, the, the, I have to get that because I don't want to misquote it. But again, the scripture talks about that we wrestle against high uh, p- places, like high um, positions in, in, in the world. And so when we look at that, there's people that take on certain positions and titles that they try to discourage people. And unfortunately, there's bad people that go into medicine with that bias, with that racism, with that prejudice. There's a lot of phenomenal doctors. I have have a phenomenal doctor. My doctor's with Mercy Health. You know, and and I and 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 she's the doctor of myself and uh, my sister and my three adult, uh, my two sons and my daughter. You know, so not all doctors are bad, just like not all police officers are bad. So we're gonna talk about this uh, uh, topic today in testimony and truth. And again, we are going to incorporate with God has to say about this so we could get an understanding i'm going to turn this over to uh sister which one of you guys would like to go first okay sister pat Yay. 
Sister Pat. Ooh. Did she go get something to eat? Oh, I'm so sorry, Sister Patricia. Okay, amen. If you would be able to uh, um, go ahead and share. Mm -hmm. Okay, did you want me to repeat the story that I had? Yes, yes. Okay, it was a couple days ago on CBS, uh, the morning uh, show that Gail King bees on uh, and the other commentators, and they had about two young, they were African-American women though, and um, they were both pregnant and they had uh, babies. Mm -hmm. They both had little boys. Well, the first mother they showed up was the one, very, they, they both were very well-educated, uh, intelligent young women, but she chose because of whatever information was out there, she chose not to have the COVID vaccine. Mm -hmm. And she got COVID caught the COVID-19 and she was on a she she was in very dire condition and uh, they showed her up in the hospital it looked like she's on a vent she couldn't talk she couldn't speak and she said all she could do was pray for her baby that's what's her main concern with her baby mm -hmm. I think she even said wow. she her husband that came down take care of the baby take care of the baby long and short the and God intervened in that instant. And she gave birth to a healthy baby. Thank you. She survived. And when they showed the picture, they showed the baby, he was seven months old, big fat, mm. healthy baby, too. But she said, the thing that really touched my heart so and why it's so important for, you know, get the correct information and make it a decision on the correct information out there because there's so much out there and a lot of it is not correct she mm -hmm. said she felt that she was irresponsible with you know her decision with her child because she said you know what she said she made her decision she said she just she she's blaming herself she said what if something would have happened to her baby and she was going to blame herself you know but her baby was fine and she was fine the other young woman, she was a healthcare professional. They didn't say what she was, but she had the vaccine. But her, ba her baby also was healthy. Mm -hmm. Her baby was healthy, another baby boy. It's just that, uh, you know, need to get the correct information. May have to fight for where, you know, you go and, you know, get this information. But, you know, it's just they need to know, you know, it's not just about you. It's about your loved ones also. You know, and, and you know, I'm just, you know, about the vaccine and, you know, maybe even look down through some history about vaccines down through the history. Like we do have to, you know, go and stay, you know, and check with your past because, you know, see what has been done in the past for all things and uh, make a decision on that. But I do believe, you know, because, you know, there is a disparity and, you know, there are a lot of people out there and it is a lot of minorities and uh, not only minority people, sometimes uh, even economic things, they, they, and the vaccine is out there for everyone, for everyone. And there's a lot of people for a lot of reasons. I think there's a lot of misinformation out there, too. And, uh, you know, we need to go 
and make sure everyone, everyone has the correct information so they can make an intelligent decision, you know, on the vaccine. Mm -hmm. But their outcome for both of these young women was great, was great because the Lord allowed them to give birth to two healthy, normal baby boys. Mm -hmm. But the one, she, it's the way she was blaming herself for her decision. Mm -hmm. Whatever information she had, she said, you know, because she just, you know, and then, you know, if, you know, and then to explain it, especially, I can understand the pregnant woman, that explain it to them how they can understand, you know, while they're taking, because, you know, you know, everything you take, you know, affects your child, because, you know, you're carrying this baby within you. And explain it to them. And don't just assume somebody don't understand this. Explain it into them terms as they don't have medical background so they can't understand and make their decision. Mm -hmm. You know, doesn't mean people cannot understand. You know, we all can understand something. And, uh, you know, she was just faulting herself so much. But she, so the picture of what she went through, though, I mean, Imagine to be on these machines and things that you can't even speak, and she could barely breathe. Mm. And she did say, you know, there is some damage. They don't know how much really to her lungs. After, you know, she recovered, but there's still been some damage to her lungs. But, um, like I said, she, all, both mothers are in good condition. And both of those big fat baby boys are in good condition. Amen. Amen. You know, I would like to get some um, medical uh, about this because I, I find this uh, very informative um, about this situation. I, I did find the article. And this is from W uh, as Walter L. Larry, B as in boy, T as in Tom, WLBT on your side, that's uh, channel three. And uh, the article, two mothers who battled COVID-19 while pregnant share their stories of survival. And this was published by Maggie Wade and uh, dated September 30th of uh, 2021. And this story came out of Jackson, Mississippi. And um, as I'm looking here, my question I wanna ask, Sister Nicole, APRN, uh, would you just share a background of um, what made you go into nursing? Is she on? Oh, I can't. And I am um, sorry. Okay. I had it muted, but originally into nursing before I became a nurse practitioner, it was mainly because I saw a need to um, have adequate care for black patients, the same as white patients and other patients of color. Um, so my grandmother, she talked about how she wanted to be a nurse. 
I know my mother, she was in nursing school when she was younger. My aunt, um, she was like my mentor when I remember her putting a stethoscope around my neck when I was about four or five years old and taking that picture of it. Um, so all of that, you know, um, I love science. I love medicine. So, you know, it was my focus in school as well as um, it was my passion. Mm-hmm. And um, 10 years later, um, God made it uh, a bit the same year that my daughter graduated from high school. I ended up graduating um, at Kent State for the nurse practitioner um, acute care um, field in um, advanced practice nursing. And the reason why I went into that is because I would see so many, again, people of color just have stereotypes after a fight. They come in, a good example is two men, same age, um, again, same social economic background, same education, all of that. One is complaining of chest pain. And this person gets fat EKGs, uh, a full workup, cardiac enzymes, everything, checking to make sure they don't have acute MI or any other issues going on with their heart. Another mm-hmm. gentleman comes in, again, the same type of issues, same presentation, left apical chest pain, which is the left side of the chest wall, um, about fifth, fifth to sixth, you know, intercostal uh, region, um, that's right where your heart is. That person, at the most, might get an EKG, but that's about it. And then they stop. No cardiac enzymes, no other workup. And then they send that person home with a Pepto-Bismol. And the only difference is one was black. The person got sent home with a Pepto-Bismol. And the other person that was Caucasian got all the full workup. And I see the same with the COVID virus. Um, I saw this uh, black doctor on Facebook uh, talk about how in New York she was she was just dying, and she knew what needed to be done, but they weren't doing it. She felt because they didn't see a black doctor, or they didn't even see a doctor in the bed. They just saw a black woman that they felt did not deserve the same kind of care as her white counterpart, which was horrible. And um, the situation that, you know, um, I felt when I became a nurse practitioner is how they say, if you're not part of the uh, solution, then you're part of the problem. So I figure my solution is that the people that I come in contact with, regardless of their race, color, or creed, or social economic background, I would treat Mm -hmm. all my patients And again, a lot of people think that that means that I treat my black patients better than my white or other patients. But any of my patients can tell you that I fight 100% for all of them because Mm -hmm. I believe in humanity. And God said you're supposed to love one another as I so love you. So it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside because we all are the same on the inside. So um, that's what I wanted to do. And that's what, you know, I felt was my, my reasoning for becoming a nurse and a nurse practitioner. Amen. Amen. And if you could share uh, where you got your college degree from and when and how long you have been a nurse practitioner. Uh, well, 
uh, graduated in 2001, which seems, I would say not that long ago, but of course my daughter would say ages because she was only nine years old, but I was uh, 27 when I became a nurse and I graduated from Youngstown State University. And then 10 years later when I became a nurse practitioner, that was through Kent State uh, University. And that was uh, in 2011. So I've been a nurse for 20 years and a nurse practitioner for 10. Amen. So I would say that you are qualified to give uh, medical advice. And I I, I say that because, you know, um, I like to give a background because you have some people that are committed to false information. And the first thing they want to say is, well, how does she know it? How is this true? So to those that are listening, this information that's coming to you are by experienced people. Um, and, and I'm going to get your background to uh, Sister Patricia Carter. And we're putting this information out there to try and help. And again, you know, the choice is yours, whether or not you want to be vaccinated, you know, um, but again, at least the information is being put out there. And I do thank you both for the testimony and truth uh, today, because it needs, we need to have this conversation because the COVID epidemic isn't going anywhere, you know, and we're, we're, we're turning this into a vicious cycle. So with that being said, I'm going to take a break and we are coming back uh, to get the background uh, story of my mother, uh, Sister Patricia Carter, with more information and topics. Thank you so much for joining in Morning Coffee with Christ. Amen. Welcome back. Morning Coffee with Christ. I'm Minister Michelle Carter Douglas. And right now we have our testimony in truth, uh, which uh, is the importance of vaccination among women and the medical disparity among minorities. With me, I have sisters Patricia A. Carter and uh, Nicole Carter, APRN. Amen. Uh, Sister Pat, can you give us a little background about your uh, medical experience? Okay. It's not expensive as um, Sister Nicole Carter, but uh, I studied for two quarters at YSU um, in the year, what, 69 through 70. I wanted to be a nurse. Um, then I dropped out uh, to get married because I thought I was in love. And the long and short of it is, eventually, uh, I did go back to school. I got a divorce, went not back to school, but I did go to work and I worked in a healthcare facility, a, a nursing uh, home and um, rehabilitation healthcare facilities for the next 40 years. Amen. 
Amen. And that is my point. You become um, experienced either through uh, education or through actual training, on-the-job training. So you have experience. Yeah, and I was just going to say, what you Pastor, is even to remain a certified nurse assistant, Mm -hmm. that you had to do annual um a proficiency mm-hmm. um so uh, yeah so again those included a lot of different topics um that were all related to nursing exactly as understanding to take care of all types of patients which is a very unique and very hard population to treat and take care of uh yes excuse me i didn't think about that yes and i you have to, um, yeah, go to, uh, and then you go to actual uh, what they call in services and stuff. Because different things change how they do things, and different things come up, and what they want you to do and how to do. So yes, uh, throughout the year and every year, and then even you have to uh, do testing. <laughs> it got yeah down through the last several several years. You have to do testing and um, every month. And you go to actual in services and things so other things you have to keep going and get training mm-hmm. as times and different things you know how ways to do things and all through and keep up all your um criteria and all the different you know knowledge or whatever that you know and taking care of uh, uh people and things Exactly, exactly. You know. In other words, you have to always contend with continuing education constantly. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I wanted to bring something up as well because nursing uh, evolved uh, where there was no education required. And I wanted to quote something about Florence Nightingale, which um, I believe she, but I'll I'll quote that. I want to read this over to get the the correct information because I don't want to misspeak. But uh, my mother, uh, Patricia, Patricia, you remind me of the Florence Nightingales. And um, we have a family of nurses. And I was actually going to go into nursing. I just, uh, after wor- working in the nursing home and uh, being a candy uh, striper, I just, I don't like to see trauma. I just, I, I don't like that. So I went into more of uh, the preventative aspect in the helping profession, which I love um, counseling. I love preaching ministry, um, you know, spiritual counseling, those aspects, because I want to work on what can be done to prevent um, a traumatic experience or situation. So uh, with that being said, I just want to say that I am blessed to be on this podcast with um, 
all of you children of the Most High God and experience. And together, um, through our individual ministries, we will act as one body in Christ to, to help those people. So with that being said, um, after we got your resumes out here, <laughs> okay, amen. Uh, Sister Patricia, in your expertise opinion, what do you think about the importance in vaccinations among pregnant women? And do you think that all people, regardless of gender, um, should be vaccinated and why? Ma, your phone's on mute. Oh, I do think vaccinations are important in stopping the spread of, uh, you know, different viruses and things, mm-hmm. and, uh, illnesses out there. But I also know this, I'm not a total expert on, you know, to speak for it, but in my own opinion, but I would say this, I know there are certain medical conditions that some people might not be able but i still say they're very important but i'd say you know what if they have some they a healthcare professional if they have certain criteria or certain conditions talk that over with a medical professional you know their nurse practitioner a doctor someone that they go to that distrust as you know, because I know there are certain medical conditions. I didn't know people, some people have some really serious things, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, they may be on certain types of therapy or whatever, and I'm not sure about that. But as a whole, as the average person, I would, you know, recommend that they get this, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I know there are rare conditions or something, some people cannot or whatever, but I believe, you know, those same people, they would be under medical care for that and that they should speak to their, you know, doctor. And then, you know, like, um, again, for a pregnant woman, she should be getting, you know, uh, you know, uh, some kind of, you know, under medical care for her pregnancy and also speak to those who are taking care of her and, uh, you know, and, you know, you know, and, you know, just try to, you know, get some, uh, you know, medical advice from someone that is in the medical field about taking care of, you know, a pre- their, their particular pregnancy, because every pregnancy is different. But I mean, I know that's what they do say, that as a whole, a normal pregnancy, there shouldn't be any, you know, problem. But I would recommend that they speak to their, you know, uh, you know medical professional, you know, about it. Mm-hmm. But I know they do recommend it for. But like I say, I don't know, you know, each person's particular, there might be a certain condition that I don't, you know, I, you know, know about, but I would recommend that they, they speak to someone, you know, about that. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. And uh, Sister Nicole, 
I completely agree with what Sister Patricia Carter said. Um, very well thought and eloquent answer because it mm -hmm. is absolutely true that um, you do have sometimes a fear of adverse effects or contraindications for vaccinations. But before COVID, a good example is just getting um, the flu vaccination. Um, I don't recall anybody recently, uh, but Sister Patricia, um, Pastor, unfortunately, there has been pregnant women who have lost their child after they have received the flu vaccination. Um, I'll never forget this one nurse that I worked with at the prison said that's how her daughter lost her baby and her grandbaby. Mm -hmm. And until then, her daughter got the flu back every year. And after that, she never got it again. So again, um, I think sometimes we make a connection and I'm not saying that that was an incorrect connection, but I think sometimes there's complications of pregnancy that we want to equate to something that is not related, okay? Mm -hmm. To justify or to have a reasoning to say in our head, this is why I lost this child. And by the way, she lost her child um, at full term if she was born, still born. Uh, with that said, um, there's not a lot of contraindications to vaccinations uh, for pregnancy. And I know uh, just people in our family of childbearing age were very, very scared to have the vaccination, thinking that it will mess with sterility, thinking that uh, if they are pregnant, it would cause some type of uh, spontaneous abortion. Um, but again, how Sister Patricia Carter said, um, almost all of that has been shown not to be correct. Mm -hmm. uh, so again, um, we don't know everybody's personal medical conditions on this podcast. Uh, I and Sister Patricia Carter would both say that you need to talk to your gynecologist, obstetrician, and obviously your primary care doctor to know the best route for you as uh, a pregnant woman, but I will say this, that we are seeing more children with uh, measles, mumps, and rubella. Um, I'll never forget um, J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez said, you know, um, there was an issue of pertussis surrounding her, one of her, her twins, I think it was her daughter, and um, she knew that it was directly related to some people not getting their children with those basic vaccinations. And so, you know, the thing is, even now, we have um, this debate in school, elementary, are the kids five and over being forced to have the COVID vaccine? Are they being forced to have the mask and social distancing? And again, when we look at what are the consequences, and the consequences that we know about 100% of people that are not vaccinated are the ones in intensive care. If we know that if you don't wear a mask, if you don't social distancing, after you get the COVID, these are the people that are 10 times more likely to get the COVID virus again. The numbers don't, don't dispel that. So I do agree with her when she says that I would say, again, not knowing everybody's personal health history, I would say I would have a strong, strong recommendation that almost all women of childbearing age, especially even those 
unfortunately, with immunocompromised conditions like active cancer, because we do know that um, there are pregnant women that are choosing to negate chemotherapy and other uh, immunotherapy, and, but they don't want to terminate that pregnancy either. So even with them, you know, they need to have as many vaccinations as possible because, again, they're just going to be even more immunocompromised. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's what I would say. Amen. That's really, really great information. Um, one of which I did see um, on here, there's an article um, from the ABC News. We now, this is uh, I'm so uh, sorry. That we had seen preparations uh, and build sure. up at the. Okay, this is an old article, uh, not too old, but this goes back to April 13, 2021, uh, written by Glenn Gamboa. Uh, AP business writer, and this is again from the ABC News, um, where Selena Gomez and J-Lo headline Vax concert for poor nations. So um, I believe, and it goes on to say, global citizen will push for the world's poorest countries to quickly receive COVID-19 vaccines for their medical workers with an international concert Fundraiser hosted by Selena Gomez and headlined by Jennifer Lopez. So evidently there is some important here to, um, as you were saying that, uh, you know, in the situation with Jennifer Lopez and that uh, with the vaccination, people are seeing that there is definitely an importance in getting the vaccination. Um, you know, and these links I will definitely have, um, in the, uh, body of the podcast description. I want to revert back to earlier, um, when I was talking about the Florence Nightingale. So I did get a chance, um, where sister Patricia, I was saying that you so remind me of her, uh, because who was Florence Florence Nightingale? Well, according uh, to this online source, source biography, and it's biography.com. Um, this is, uh, the article says, Florence Nightingale was part of a wealthy family, defied the expectations of the time and pursued what she saw as her God-given calling of nursing. During the premium war, she and a team of nurses improved their unsanitary conditions at a British-based hospital, greatly reducing the death count. Her writings sparked worldwide healthcare reform, and in 1860, she established the St. Thomas Hospital, and the Nightingale Training School for Nurses, a revered hero of her time. Florence Nightingale passed away on August 13, 1910, in London. So you see here, she did not have, um, at that time, a a degree to go on. 
as far as when, you know, it is today, but she pioneered that movement, you know, and the article goes on to, to talk about from a young age, Nightingale was active in philanthropy, ministering to the ill and poor people in the village, neighboring her family's estate. Nightingale eventually came to the conclusion that nursing was her calling and she believed the vocation to be her divine purpose. And a lot of the things that I write and talk about, it, it deals so much with your God-given talent and your calling. So it doesn't matter. Degrees don't define you. You know what I'm saying? I do believe that uh, degrees enable people to further their uh, ministry as God so chooses. But there are people that don't require that. You know, God will give you the platform and the foundation to stand upon to do his ministry. So I just want to say, Sister Pat, thank you for your ministry in all aspects. Amen. Amen. As we uh, proceed, and I will have this article as well um, in the description um, body of our uh, our podcast. As we look um, into the, uh, we talked about uh, the importance of vaccination among pregnant women. I want to kind of dip a little bit into uh, what we did touch upon earlier, which is uh, the medical disparity among minorities. Let's talk about that. Sister Pat, in your expertise, have you witnessed any um, disparity among minorities when it comes as uh, access to uh, medicine? or treatment? Oh. To a certain degree, I was like, for about 10 years, I worked in a place that was a place for people, mental. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when they're mental, like, um, then all of them weren't I mean, maybe uh, like back then, this was like 40 years ago, we didn't hear the term Alzheimer's or dementia and stuff. And then some people, it was just I kind of noticed like uh, we would have to accompany them to the doctors. Like sometimes, you know, you have to um, convey why they were there. You they gave us the paper, but you did have to kind of, you know, and it's a good thing we were with them or something because you would see. They might push him to a side or just not pay attention to him if you weren't there with them. Mm-hmm. So now I do see why they always sent one of us age or something with them to make sure, you know, not only because sometimes they may act out, and if they're going to act out, they're not going to see them. And they were sent there for a reason. Mm-hmm. So you were there to help maybe either calm them down or do whatever you have to do so that they could be seen and not just sent out and told, you know, they couldn't do anything for them. And yeah, that's another group of people, you know, and explain, because like sometimes there's some of them, they couldn't explain, and they did give us the papers and things, you know, 
to make sure they look over and then, you know, you, you know, you're there. So they're going to look over those pages, but you're standing there with them to make sure they read, you know, and see, you know, so they can do whatever they have to do to take care of them. Mm -hmm. So, yes, yeah, that, that's a conspiracy. Yes, yeah, sometimes you can see some of that. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Um, and before we end this segment, because it's going to be a three-part segment, we will continue uh, tomorrow as well. I want to ask uh, Sister Nicole APRN, um, and again, you can elaborate tomorrow, but before we close, what are some of the things that stood out and created this passion to be the voice for the minority when it comes to the treatment of medicine? Um, yeah, and again, it, most of it came through my own experience. Um, when I was a single mother, uh, initially I was not a nurse. Um, I was not in school for nursing. And uh, I just knew that it didn't matter what I was, that I was going to get equal treatment. With that said, with my prenatal care, um, I wasn't given the same kind of treatment as uh, other uh, women who were, again, educated, who were married, who, you know, it doesn't even matter about a lot mm -hmm. of times race. This is more about like your social economic and everything. And what was so sad is that I would try and tell my obstetrician what was going on with me. And um, I did have a few complications when I was pregnant with my daughter, but it was brushed to the side. And I'll never forget um, laying on his uh, table um, in just his office. And it really should have been done um, at the very least. And an acute care facility, but he didn't, you know, choose to do that. Again, I think that was because I was born black. That's horrible. Um, but I ended up bleeding. Mm. And I just remember them, like, putting me on a gurney. And thank God at that time, Northside Hospital was open. Um, my obstetrician's office was literally across the street. Um, I remember them contacting my mother, Sister Patricia Carter, that something happened to her daughter. And then I just remember them telling me to count down to 10 and I'll be fine. And um, I do remember, you know, my mom was upset, one, because she wasn't contacted initially. And then two, she still didn't know what was going on. All they told her was that she, her, her daughter had to have emergency surgery. So she didn't know whether mm. my daughter was in danger, whether I was in danger, or both our lives were in danger. Uh, so uh, that was like one thing, Pastor, that like pretty much stood out. And then um, I would say later on, when I did become a nurse and I did have that knowledge of nursing and medical background, is hearing doctors. Um, talk about different trauma patients and if they were again uh, African-American black trauma patients just assuming that they were gunshot victims because they were either drug dealers gang members um, they didn't really have to have extensive uh, you know life-saving measures for them as opposed to a white trauma patient coming in 
assuming that this was a victim. So that again, kind of altered some of what they did. But when I was there, um, I, I knew that a lot of times, maybe let's say not things would be completely wrong, but just even something small as not giving this person pain medication or not looking at this person being slightly unstable and, and treating something that is unstable a little sooner than later before it got any worse. Um, that kind of stuff I, I tried to help with. And, um, you know, as an outpatient, you see it sometimes in just doing, you know, routine work. And, you know, you're supposed to, again, have this basic annual history and physical for everybody. Mm-hmm. And, again, you have to understand that, you know, people now, they're knowledgeable. They know what a doctor is supposed to order. So if you don't have that order, you wonder, why does Susie have an order, but Shaniqua doesn't? What's the difference between the two? Um, so... You know, that's what, you know, again, I, I saw. And would I say I see that as a norm? No. Would I say the majority? No. But I say even if one or two patients are not treated that way, mm-hmm. then that that's one or two too many. You know, and with the exactly. COVID virus, we see more people um, who are Caucasian being diagnosed with COVID. But on the contrary, we see more African-Americans and people of color dying from the COVID virus. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's that disparity of how soon are people treated for a very serious viral infection. You know, and, and that brings up a lot of things. And this is really, really um, a lot of truth. And we will continue this tomorrow on um, our morning coffee with Christ, we are going to continue this conversation, this much needed informative conversation. If you have a personal testimony um, that you want to share about whether or not you are vaccinated and how you feel about being vaccinated or vaccinated, please feel free to reach out to us on the contact form on our podcast page. Secondly, if there's uh, if if you have a personal story that you would like to share about uh, a situation that you witnessed or been through when you feel that you have been treated unfairly due to your uh, economic status, marital status, race, gender, um, you know, whatever, um, and denied the same uh, or access to to medical treatment, please share that as well, reaching out to the contact form. Possibly you could be on our podcast. I want to thank you this morning and thank you for having a cup of coffee with us, your brothers and sisters in Christ and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We will see you all. Amen.